This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the forensic files on your radio dial. My name is not Scott. This is Rico. Scott is out on assignment. You got me tonight, which is amazing because I've got something for you too. I think you're really going to like it. Uh, But first, I just got to lay a little foundation for you. So just stick with me here for a second. You see, we spend a lot of time dissecting the rotting corpse of rock and roll and trying to figure out what killed it. And we've started to experiment with albums that are broken or that need some help and taking those albums and creating new life forms out of them. And Scott did this. He did the first one, believe it's episode 70, the use your load album, which he took, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And he took, uh, that's from Guns N' Roses, by the way. And he took Load and Reload from Metallica and sliced them up and stitched them back together and created a new life form out of it. He did a pretty damn good job, too, uh, if you ask me. But um, so I'm going to continue with that. Uh, and and uh, I've got something cool for you. I uh, made my own. Uh, can't wait to, to lay it out for you. But, but, what are we going to call this now? Um, how about if we call it rock and roll reanimators? I kind of like that because we're taking albums that are broken or need help and we're creating new life forms out of it. So, so here's another installment of rock and roll reanimators. Reanimator. So I picked a couple of rush albums. Um, but before I, I tell you what they are, um, We've got to reiterate the rules for our assignment tonight. Um, Rule number one, my new creation or our creation or any of these that we do, they've got to have 12 tracks on them, 12 songs. That's a good number to, to tell the complete story for the album to have a complete arc, if you will. But it's not too many to where the album gets overdone and becomes bloated, which nobody wants. Um, rule number two is that you can't have two songs in a row from the same album. You got to alternate between the two albums or three or four or whatever you're doing. Scott did four. I'm doing two. So I'm going to alternate between the two albums. So you can't have two, so- two, two songs from the same album in a row. Rule number three, it's got to come in under 80 minutes. Mine clocks in at about 57 minutes which is pretty cool because you can get this whole thing in and under an hour. So that's pretty awesome. All right. So again, I picked a couple of Rush albums. And the thing about Rush is, and is that lyrically, the, the, is the, 
the theme of the song and the lyrics are very integral to the song in that the, the lyrics have to match the music. The music has to match the lyrics. The soloing has to match the music and the lyrics. It all has to make sense, right? You're not just taking a riff and creating some music around it and then throwing some lyrics on top and maybe it fits and maybe it doesn't, but who cares? Everything fits together. So I'm going to touch on each song as much as I can. I'm going to talk about Let's talk about it lyrically. Going to talk about it musically. And that way it can make more sense. But the idea here is that I'm laying enough breadcrumbs for you so that you can do a little digging on your own um, to get a little more of a deep dive. Listen, this is Rush. I could do a thousand episodes on Rush. And so there's just not enough time in this one episode to cover everything. So I'm going to touch on them enough. And if you want to deep dive more, a good spot to go is RushVault.com. That's completely unsolicited. Um, it's a pretty cool website. It's RushVault.com. You can dial up an album and get tons of information on it, or you can dial up a song and get tons of information on it. They have everything in there. It's pretty neat. So check that out. All right. So the first album is Presto, released in 1989. This album marks the beginning of a new musical direction. The album previous to it was Hold Your Fire. That is their last super synthy, um, keyboardy uh, album. Uh, they had uh, a nice run of that. That I actually like those albums. Some a lot of people don't, but uh, this album marks a change of direction back into more guitar-driven stuff. Um, consequently uh getty was quoted about this particular album uh they he feels like there's the the songs are really great but they didn't turn out very great i think a lot of people have trouble with the engineering on this album they feel like it's a little bright and the production quality is not so great and i think the guys in the band agree with that um the other album was re released back to back to this one, um, Roll, Roll the Bones, released in 1991. Um, that album actually charted really well, uh, but a lot of people think that one's really overrated and people have problems with that one too. These two albums actually are really far down on people's lists of favorite Rush albums. Uh, so um, I'm going to take these two albums. In fact, I already did. I took these two albums and sliced them up and created a new life form out of them that I'm going to go over with you right now, actually. So, out of the gate, as we all know, you have to come out strong. Like a movie, like a book, you've got to come out heavy. you got to come out of the gate super strong to kind of grab the person by the shirt and pull them in and say, listen, you're going to want to check this out because it's going to be pretty cool. Um, my first song on my creation on my Rush album is Face Up off the Roll the Bones album. Um, this album is about taking charge of your own scenario about being responsible for your own actions. Um, it's funny because Neil Peart said that this particular song didn't quite live up to their expectations. I mean, if you want to look at that commercially, I suppose that could probably be true, but this song has a really sweet, like rock and rolly type of a 
driving groove to it that I really like. Uh, it's <laughs> the guitar solo. And let me tell you, my album is loaded with great guitar solos that we'll get into as we go. But this one is a really sweet guitar solo. And the thing about this guitar solo and this song is my man Alex is riding that freaking whammy bar like a mother, man. And you'll you you if you you listen to this song when you listen to it, you'll get that. But uh, yeah, this is coming out of the gate super strong with Face Up. Um, the second song on my album is actually the t the lead song off of the Presto album, Show Don't Tell. These two songs kind of go really well together because whereas, you know, Face Up is discussing taking responsibility for your own scenario and actions, etc., Show Don't Tell kind of talks about the problems that you run into if you don't and if you look to too many other people for direction and the problems that can cause so i paired these up uh, on purpose because i think they kind of go together um note about this is uh peart indicated that when he was writing the drum line for this song it was really really hard to write the right kind of drum line to go with the syncopated guitar line in the beginning of the song um so that was really hard for him to write that but i think he pretty did a pretty good pretty damn good job actually and the cool part about this song is about two-thirds of the way in or so where it goes into this really freaking sweet bass solo and then the bass solo goes and transfers over into a really amazing guitar solo and then underneath that guitar solo is a really kick-ass bass line so this, here's another song that's coming out strong in this in the number two slot show don't tell off the presto album all right our number three song, we got to keep it going. Remember, our first two or three songs got to come out strong, got to grab the listener and say, listen, man, I've got something to talk to you about, and you're really going to want to hear this. So my third song is actually the lead title song off of Roll the Bones. That's right. It's going to be Dreamline. Um, this song is about that to use Getty Lee's word, the, the wonderlust feeling, the, the world is my oyster, the, in, the invincible feeling that we have when we're young or during certain points of our life when we have that, man, I'm immortal, I can do anything and I can have anything and it's all there for the taking. And then realizing that, you know, that feeling is going to go away eventually and it's not going to last forever and reality is going to have to set in eventually. Um, the, again, there's a really sweet, uh, oh, the one thing I did want to mention about this, uh, to borrow Martin Popoff's terms, a really cool thing about this song is, um, the verse has this kind of like to use his words has kind of like a crouching kind of a vibe, like it's ready to pounce. Right. So you've got this crouching verse and then it goes into this super explosive, uh, chorus. So that's kind of a nice nice pairing there the super crouching like ready to attack verse and this explosive chorus really goes well together um and consequently the inspiration for this song uh was was uh neil peart was on a bike ride actually in between cincinnati and ohio when uh he he's a big astronomy fan and um just riding at nighttime and inspired him to uh, write this song. So yet another Ohio connection for Rush. So how about that? So yeah, my third song is Dreamline, another really cool driving song that's, that pulls you in and makes you want to listen to more of the album.
So here we go. Here's song number four. Here's where we change directions a little bit. We've got you in. We've pulled you in with the first three songs. Now it's time to kind of take a breath and tell a story. So my fourth song is going to change things up a little bit. It's going to be The Pass. Um, Neil Peart invited a friend of his for a ride one day, and they started talking about juvenile suicide. Uh, and so that's a pretty heavy topic. And so he decided to write a song about this. And he said this was one of the one of the more difficult songs that he had to write because of the subject matter, because he he uh, wanted to get it right. Uh, and it's like, again, it's a pretty heavy topic and, and uh, those words can't come lightly and you want to make sure and convey your message in just the right way. So the cool thing about this song. Um, gosh, the. The, the solo the, the solo in this song is really very tastefully done. Um, but but throughout the entire song, the way the music is, it's in a major key. And the song has this, it's very deceiving because it has this uplifting major key kind of a feel to it. And the vocals have this kind of, for me, it has this uplifting feeling, which kind of gives you a false sense of the heaviness of the song. And it isn't until the the one part towards the end of the song where the music cuts and Getty yells into the microphone, Christ, what have you done? And that's when you get the hammer. That's when they drop the hammer down and, and, you, and you finally get the vibe of what's really happening here. And the heaviness finally comes to the forefront. Uh, so, yeah, this is an amazing song, uh, a very heavy song, but very tastefully done. Uh, so that's my number four song, The Pass. Number five is going to be a song that goes really well with the past. It kind of complements it really well. It's bravado, actually. Um, this song is about whereas the past is when things get super heavy and you just decide that you just can't deal with it anymore. And so you check out, right? Bravado kind of takes the stance of you are doing what is necessary at the cost at at some personal cost so you know that there's, there's going to be a price to pay but you you push through and that's kind of like the title bravado you have the bravado to push through and and do what is necessary even knowing that there's going to be a penalty to pay at the end but you still push through so it's kind of a nice uh pairing with the pass actually uh, getty actually said that this is one of the best songs that they did in their entire catalog. That's how much they all liked this song. He said the stripped down nature of it is, is for them is what really makes it great and, and why they loved it so much. And, and uh, Neil, Neil Peart even indicated that just about every time they played it, he, he always continued to get emotional about this song just because of, um, you know, how it, how it impacted him. Uh, so, yeah, Bravado is my number five song. So number six, we we've we've changed we've we changed directions, you know we we kind of slowed things down a little bit. Couple of heavy songs. Um, it's time to maybe maybe change the direction again and maybe start picking things up a little bit. Um, my number six song is Red Tide. Now Neil Peart was a, a big environmentalist. This is his environmental song. Uh, I mean, again, it's it's about 
what we're all doing to the, to the environment. And I guess the point, the, the point of this song for me is listen, the politics don't matter. Uh, the, the, pol- the, the art that we create, the, the, the music that we listen to, the sports that we play, the video games, the comic books, the movies that we go see, the love and hate that we feel doesn't matter if we break the rock that we're living on. So this is a very angry song. The music is angry. Um, Alex was even quoted about the solo. He says, I tried to make the solo as angry as I could because the song is angry and I wanted it to fit. So the solo is even very angry sounding, but it's not angry in the sense of, you know, just trying to piss people off and just bitching like our uncle Stan. No, this song is kind of like, like anger in the call to arms. Like, listen, let's, let's, take care of this rock that we're living on and it's it's kind of an angry call to arms like like uh we've got to take care of this rock that we're living on and or else you know it's gonna be bad so let's let's do what we got to do to make things right so i really like this song for that and and also one thing about the song i love is is when it gets to the chorus and they go this is not a false alarm and then this the music underneath that really sounds like an alarm it sounds like an alarm's going off the way they wrote it it really is pretty cool when you listen you know what i'm talking about so yeah my number six song is red tide an angry song but a good one What's up, music nerds? Are you tired of wading through a sea of mediocre music, desperately seeking to find a glimmer of greatness? You're in luck. My name is Mark, and I am the host of the podcast, Songs That Don't Suck. Each week, I scour the depths of new music playlists to unearth hidden gems that defy the trends and deliver pure sonic bliss. No matter the genre, if it doesn't suck, it's on my radar. So find us on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. And as always, keep searching for and listening to Songs That Don't Suck. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season 1 took in Megadeth versus Metallica, and Season 2 went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like Business Wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. All right. My number seven song, in my opinion, if there's an instrumental to be had, we're going to put it in here. And I can't, I cannot let an instrumental go. So, yeah, number seven is Where's My Thing. This is this is the instrumental off of Roll the Bones album. Um, this the, the the cool thing about this instrumental is that it's written like a regular song. It's got a verse. It's got a chorus. Hell, it even has a key change at the end. And with that key change is a really sweet phaser effect. I love phaser effects. By the way, it's got a cool phaser effect on the key change. I mean. How many instrumentals are written with a verse and a chorus and a key change for that matter? This one, actually. Um, the bass line in this song is freaking groovy as hell. I love it. Um, but this song was actually, if you didn't already know, this song was nominated for a Grammy. Um, and it would have won if it hadn't have been for that pesky Cliffs of Dover by Eric Johnson, which sucks. But that's a great song, too. But this song would have won. Instead, Cliffs of Dover won. And 
consequently, during this same time period, Eric Johnson actually toured with Rush and opened up for him uh, during the same time period. So how about that? So yeah, man, I'm not going to have, an, I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to put an instrumental into my album. So let's move on. Number eight, we're going to keep the momentum going that, that, we've, that we've built with Where's My Thing. And number eight is going to be Superconductor. This song is about just about the biz, man. This is a, a, this is another opportunity for Neil Peart to throw up a giant middle finger at the biz. He's done it a few other times, and this is another opportunity for him to do that. So, yeah, this is about how the biz um, packages illusion and deception in order to manipulate the people's uh, opinions uh, and feelings and reactions for their personal gain. Right. So it's about creating deception and illusion. Uh, um, and uh, the cool thing about this song is uh, that this, I think this might be one of the only songs on my album that does not have a, gar a guitar solo, which is really notable because if, if, uh, if they're going to have a song where they're throwing up a giant middle finger at the deception and illusion of the biz of the entertainment industry, um, you can't have a solo in that because listen, let's face it. Guitar solos are really self-indulgent. Look at me moments. Look at me. I'm basking in the glory of my own skill. Right. And if you have one of those in this song, this song has to be straightforward in order for it in order for the message to have credibility. And if you put a self-indulgent look at me moment, like a guitar solo in this song, it's kind of going to lose that credibility. So no solo in this song on purpose, in my opinion. So I really like this song. It's got a cool couple key changes at the end. So yeah, number eight, superconductor. Now let's move on to number nine, number nine, the song caused a lot of controversy people this is that's right this is going to be roll the bones off of roll the bones okay this is the song with the rap in it and i'm going to talk about how how amazing that rap really is i've i've decoded the secret of the rap but again this song is you know when you hear the term roll the bones it means throw the dice it means take a chance because you just never know what might happen and if you don't take a shot it's kind of like in that part in in uh, finding nemo where crush turtle crushes the dad is talking to marlin and he's talking about the little kid and he's like hey man if you don't ever or dory if you don't let everything happen to him then nothing's ever going to happen to him and that's kind of with this song if you don't take a shot you're, you're nothing's ever going to happen. So take a chance. You never know. Um, now with the, the pre-chorus right before the pre-chorus, right where the, the, the organ comes in and goes and it sounds like a Hammond organ. That's that, that part of that song is so freaking cool where they've got that Hammond organ sound that goes into the pre-chorus. It's really pretty amazing. I love that. Okay. So now let's talk about the rap. So, the rap Neil Peart was listening to guys like LL Cool J and Chuck D for inspiration. Uh, those are two pretty good guys to look towards, especially Chuck D. I mean, LL Cool J is pretty cool, but I'm a huge Chuck D fan. So they, they, they were trying to decide 
do they want to be funny with this rap? They they actually almost hired John Cleese from Monty Python to do the rap, or do they want to be super serious with the rap? But they feel like with Getty and his altered voice, they kind of met in the middle someplace. But if you read the rap on the on on surface level, it plays out pretty coherently. Like a hey, take a chance on life because you never know what might happen. But after 30 years of listening to this fucking rap, I have cracked the secret of this rap, okay? And I scoured the internet for, for anything about this, and nobody's talking about this. So if I'm wrong, I'll eat it, but I don't think I'm wrong. This rap on a, on a second level references every other song on the album and if you don't take my word for it that's cool listen to it for yourself in relation to the other songs that's the secret of that rap is that it references every other song on that album pretty freaking cool man i love it it makes me like that that rap even more because of the secret that i think i found out about it so yeah nine roll the bones let's move on number 10 chain lightning this is a really very cool song actually this song is about a moment in time that he had with his daughter he the, the meteorologist one day was discussing a double event that was going to be happening one day where one event atmospheric event that was going to be happening was was uh some they were going to have some sun dogs that you'll be able to and if you don't know what a sun dog is Go look it up. It's really pretty cool, actually. The other thing that was going to happen at the same time was there was going to be a meteor shower. So he took his daughter, Selena, out on the boat in Quebec to go watch the meteor shower. And in the chorus where he talks about reflected in another pair of eyes, that is him watching his daughter watch the meteor shower. And chain lightning in this which inspired him to write this song about response and how people's emotional responses good and bad magnify and transfer over to us and that's the feeling he got watching his daughter's wonder at the meteor shower just gave him profoundly more wonder and amazement watching her be amazed if that makes sense so this song is about how we respond to each other's emotional responses kind of like chain lightning the title of the song i really love the me i really love the groove and the verse of this song kind of reminds me of beds are burning by midnight oil uh, i think it's really pretty cool um the ethereal chorus captures that feeling that peart was having while he was wa watching the amazement on his daughter's face and consequently you know, like six years after this is when she died in that car accident. Pretty tragic. But um, it, it also another song with a really great guitar solo. Uh, so many of them on this album. So, yeah, uh, number 10, Chain Lightning. Really great song. All right. So, number 11, I really love this song. Number 11 is Ghost of a Chance. I think this might be one of my favorite songs on my on my creation. Uh, this song is a clinic in tension and release. Okay, so this song is about the things that we go through and the choices that we make and the sacrifices that we endure in order to make a relationship work. And so, in the verse, you have all of this tension musically and lyrically 
and you can feel it the music and lyrics and the tension and the music and the lyrics and the verse are creating so much tension it's palatable okay and then you get to the release of the chorus where the chorus represents the relationship and how all of that tension that you've endured is worth it when you get to that release of the relationship it's really pretty amazing when you listen to this song in those terms with that tension and release representing the choices we make in order to make that relationship work and how it's all worth it it's really pretty awesome and my favorite part of this song my favorite part of this song is the soloing in this song the soloing in this song is so goddamn moving and tasteful the soloing on this album might be some of his best soloing in my opinion everybody talks about the limelight solo and a lot of people talk about the soloing that he does in la via off the hemispheres album but i'm telling you the soloing on this song is some of the most soulful tasteful moving soloing that that he's ever done in my opinion don't take my word for it you'll hear it when you check this out so yeah ghost of a chance amazing song coming in on my 11th so the the 11th song on my album all right coming in on the final song when you have the final song, the final song has to really go out like a champ. It's got to it's got to be a really great send off. Um, and so my 12th song is Available Light. This is a this is such an amazing final song. Um, it's about experiencing life. It's about going out and experiencing life. There's so much shit out there. Go get it, right? So the great thing about this song is is i love how in the, the the verse of the song is so low key with the piano i think this is one of the only songs where they have a straight up piano sound um but the verse kind of kind of gives you the sense of all right take a breath reflect for a minute on everything that we've learned in this album and let's reflect for a second and then you get build up to these really epic choruses and the song continues to build and build and build. And so you go from that really reflective, like kick your feet up, take your shoes off and think about it for a minute to now go out and get it, go out and experience life. Take what we've reflected on in the verse and go experience it, go get it. And that's what I love about this song. This is such a great ending song. And, and at the end of this song, instead of cutting out, it just kind of fades away like the point of the song. There is really no ending. Um, kind of like in a movie where, you know, you you have a shot of the highway and the car, is, the camera's right behind the car and the car just kind of just drives and takes off into the distance and you just just get smaller and smaller and fades off into a little dot and eventually it just fades away. And that's kind of how this song is. So that's it. So let's recap and take a look at what we've done. Number one, Face Up. Number two, Show Don't Tell. Number three, Dreamline. Number four, The Pass. Number five, Bravado. Number six, Red Tide. Number seven, Where's My Thing? Number eight, Superconductor. Number nine, Roll the Bones. Number 10, Chain Lightning. Number 11, Ghost of a Chance. Number 12, Available Light. 57 minutes. There you go. There's my new creation off of those two albums. But now 
what are we going to call this thing? So on one hand, we've got Presto, which is an album with a magician's hat and some bunny rabbits running around all over the place. And the other one, we've got uh, Roll the Bones with a wall of dice and our protagonist on the front. Hmm. So we've got bunnies and bones, bunny rabbits and, and bones. Bunnies, bones kind of sounds like, I think we should call this Roll the Bunnies. I think that sounds pretty cool. So yeah, that's my new creation, Roll the Bunnies. What's up, Doc? And we're going to have a pretty sweet-ass album, new album cover for you, too. Uh, I did want to d- uh, talk about these two albums uh, and, and, and uh, why I think maybe they're a little misunderstood. Because of where they came out, they came out right at the end of their synthy phase. And so I think these albums... These particular two albums, because after Roll the Bones is Counterparts, by the way, which is really a lot more guitar-driven, a lot heavier. But these two albums are a really great blend, a profound blend of some of the synthy atmospheric stuff from those 80s albums and the guitar-driven stuff that are around that era Um, And so I think that might, I think these albums are a little misunderstood because of that. Okay. So granted, not every song is great. Not every song, but that goes with any artist. However, I do feel like these albums, because it's got the blend of the synthy atmospheric stuff with some more guitar driven stuff and putting those together, I think might be confusing a little bit. Um, and I think they're, that's causing these two albums to maybe be a little misunderstood. Granted, the production quality on Presto was not super fantastic, and and maybe sometime down the road we'll get a you know a reworked version of that album. I don't think that'd be a bad thing. But two two albums that a lot of people don't like. I've cut them up, I've diced them up, I put them together and created a new life form. Roll the bunnies, go check it out. We'll have our we'll have it posted. We'll have the, the newly created album cover posted, too, for everybody to see. Scott is a, a, a freaking de- graphic design master, and uh, it's going to be great. Uh, thank you very much for spending some time with me on this. Good night now. rock and roll music. Yeah! Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rock and roll autopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, We'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, 
your opinion, man.